Welcome, everyone, to It Tastes Different Gaming Podcast, the podcast with four different flavors coming from four different gamers. I am your host, Patrick Smith, and I want to welcome my co-hosts, Nick Irwin, Shane Eisterhold, and Russell Rowe. Hey, Patrick, where can they find us? Well, the first place you should check out is our website at ittastedifferent.com. This is the place where you can subscribe to all of our streams and connect to all of our social media sites. You can also find us on Facebook at It Tastes Different. Uh, we're also on Instagram at It Tastes Different PC. And then last but not least is Twitter, where you can find us at It Tastes Diff. What's on the menu? We have the Firecracker Grilled Alaskan Salmon with Tell Me Why. Tell Me Why is an action-adventure game from Don't Not Entertainment and published by Xbox Game Studios. Uh, the game was released in three episodes, exclusively for Microsoft Windows and Xbox One, uh, in August and September of 2020. This game was uh, a game that we picked because it was on Game Pass. I went into this game not knowing really what it was. I kind of thought it was a game similar to, um, uh, what was the other game that we played? Life uh, is Strange. Life, Life is Strange, yeah. So I thought it was going to be similar to that. Uh, I was a little bit surprised. Why don't we start with Shane on this one? Shane, why don't you tell us what you thought about this game? If you've ever seen a show on the CW, and I mean any show on the CW, that's what this game is. It is whiny, dribble, why me, why me, uh, with a pseudo, you know, fictional sci-fi kind of thing going on, uh, with two sisters, a uh, brother, sister, uh, and it's a, it's more of a interactive show than it is an actual game. You do more listening and watching than you do interacting with it. That was probably one of my biggest letdowns. Well, I don't, it's really hard to say. It felt more like an experiment than a game. The storyline is anything you've ever seen on the CW. I mean, you know, who's your daddy? Uh, you know, my brother, my sister, my, you know, friend, my boyfriend. It's, it's a bunch of whiny dribble, in, in my opinion, of course. Uh, the, the voice acting, there was a couple characters that were just fine. Uh, most of them sounded like, like they were literally phone calling it in and they may have been with the pandemic. I don't know. Uh, but it didn't sound, the voice acting was not good at all. And, you know, and that's in my opinion. I think some of these guys will probably disagree with that. It's short game, which is nice because it's, and I wish we could get more games in this realm that are set up like this where you can enjoy it. It's not too much. It's not too little. Uh, it's definitely worth a check because Game Pass uh, gives you the ability to try new things, which we have been doing, and that's why we play a game like this. It's not typically in our wheelhouse, but Life is Strange was very, very good. So we were kind of going with uh, that it's going to run this way. It's a totally different game. Uh, Life is Strange was an in, was interactive. Uh, this one has less interactivity. But as far as the characters go, I will. I, I mean, they're really generic characters. They truly are. Uh, the story is kind of neat. It starts off extremely slow, extremely annoying. Uh, there's three chapters. The first one, the entirety of it was basically garbage, but it really ma made up for it in the second and third chapter. You know, so I, I figured out the story, you know, in chapter two fairly easy. 
But the game itself on an overall is worth a play if you like Life is Strange type games. This one's a little too far away from it, but it's worth checking out. It's worth checking out. I just wish they would have done something more interesting with the story and definitely something more interesting with some of the characters. But, you know, it's it's like I said, it's worth checking out. Um, what about you, Nick? What do you think? Yeah, I would somewhat disagree in certain aspects. I think on chapter one, it was the first half was kind of slow in getting into it. I think by the second half of chapter one, it gets more interesting. And I think in the second two chapters, I'll agree with you, those were a lot better than the first half of chapter one, in my opinion. Uh, The voice actors and stuff, I didn't really, they didn't sway me either way. I didn't think they were good or bad or anything like that. There wasn't a phenomenal uh, voice actor in there, but there wasn't any like real bad ones that I could tell. It was very CW, you know, even some of the voice acting was very like, you know, I'm going to turn on the TV and watch something on the TV for that weekend. I think overall the story was really good. It was short. You know, there wasn't a lot to the story in that regards. It wasn't like Life is Strange in, in where there's so many twists and turns and, and, and things like that. It's kind of a very straightforward storyline um there are a little bit of secrets and hidden things and things you want to find out about what happens but in in all you know in in a lot of it like shane said you can kind of figure out where things are headed pretty easily um there isn't as much interaction in this game as some of don't nod's other games Uh, it is a lot more just kind of it's a lot more story focused really than anything watching and, and and listening then it really is interacting. There are puzzles and the puzzles are pretty good. Um, but they're, you know, every chapter probably has maybe two, maybe three puzzles in there. They're not super difficult to figure out. Some of them can be, but you got this book, goblin book that you got to uh, read through to, to understand most of the puzzles in the game. And what really I think the best thing maybe to do is probably kind of set up what the story is about you know if you haven't played this game or you're wondering what is the story about what is this game about i think that we should probably go into that next as far as what the story encompasses and what it's what it's all about so russ do you want to tell us what this game what the story is about in this game uh, yeah, the the story is is actually uh, you know I, I'll kind of disagree a little bit with Shane too. The story is is actually moderately uh, interesting though it does start off very very slow. Uh, the story is about uh, a some siblings. Uh, we have originally two daughters. Uh, during this time, they were living with their mother. Uh, their mother was kind of. Um, she was kind of artsy, kind of like struggling, doing the best she can to raise these children on her own. Uh, and then in one night, one, one night that we don't really, you don't find out till the middle of the story, uh, after one of the, um, children who were, who was uh, identifying themselves as a boy rather than a girl cut his hair, uh, and she found out and it seemed as though the mother was angry, which, uh, the, other sibling the daughter Allison she stabs the mother in the back and she ends up falling into the lake that they live by there in Alaska and that kind of start starts this story off and and you really don't know every bit of those details initially 
when you first start off the story, you see Tyler, who was previously Ollie and made the transition uh, from a female to a male. And so now you're playing with Tyler, who uh, meets up, who hasn't seen his sister in many, many years. I think it was seven years, I believe. No, I'm sorry. It was 10 years. Uh, they were gone for 10 years. And then they meet up uh, in Devil's Crossing, uh, where that's where the story starts. So that's kind of the start of the story. And, and you're kind of investigating what happened, why uh, um, her, their mother reacted the way they did. And what I'd like to do now is I'd like to kind of pass it to, to Patrick, let him kind of take it from there. And uh, then I'll come back and I'll uh, tell you all how I kind of feel about uh, the game as well. Yeah, so... I I will disagree with Shane too. I mean, I I I liked the game. I will admit the first hour, probably the first two hours of the game was really slow. I actually played two hours and quit, and I was like, ah, I just don't know. I'm so bored because I was expecting uh, I was expecting the other type of game as well. I just I, I didn't know what to expect with this one because I went into it thinking that it was something that it wasn't. It is very story driven game, which I do enjoy story driven games. Uh, it just comes to the point to where there is a lot of non gaming related stuff so it's a lot of watching cutscenes and a lot of this and that but i will say the puzzles were very fun the story hooked me after like when i came back to it after the first couple hours i started playing it and the first chapter ended and i was like what's going on here i want to keep i want to keep playing to find out what's going on here so i will say some of the characters were a little bland um but you know as russ was saying it's a story of, of of a transgender kid who basically you know um the the daughter stabbed the mother with scissors because she thought she was threatening her uh her sister, um, Ollie, and, you know, and then so they get separated. Basically, uh, Tyler, uh, Allison goes to live with uh, their, it. they call him uncle, uh, but he's not really like, I don't think there's like a blood relation. He's technically the sheriff and kind of takes her in. And then so, you know, she goes there and then uh, Ollie at the time gets uh, admitted to Fireweed, which is a type of clinic in the game. And you know, you find out a little bit more as time goes on, but, you know, during that time, Ollie transitions to Tyler and, you know, takes on the persona that she felt that she was a, a male. So, you know, she takes on that persona, and that's where you kind of pick up the game. And, like I said, the sister picks up the brother from Fireweed, and they travel back to their home that they're cleaning out that they're wanting to sell. So their mother's home, they're trying to get, sell it so they can move out and go to Juno. And, uh, you know, Tyler wants to become a, a ranger and, and go, you know, wherever. So... You know, that's kind of the story you get. And then as the story goes more and, and you play together more frequently, they get to these memories keep coming back and they can actually visually see these memories together. So they kind of start piecing back parts of their life and things happen in the story that makes you think that what what they saw, what they saw in the beginning of the, the game wasn't really true. Like like their mom really didn't care that. Ollie really was Tyler. You know, the mom really didn't care. It was just a perception by the kids because she was always so upset and angry. And we find out through the story that, you know, it, you know, it's perception. So the mom was just dealing with a lot and stuff like that. But like I said, the story, in my opinion, is what kept me hooked. Some of the characters were very bland. I did find that I, I kind of liked a few characters more than others. I really liked Sam. Sam seemed to be like that. Uh, you know, we all have that that um that i would say like a uncle or something like that who means well but does not necessarily you know a pc person you know a pc you know sam is a good guy but he just he sticks his foot in his mouth every time he talks that's kind of guy that sam that i thought of sam and then you know you run into people like uh you know all these different characters from the game and you 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 build an opinion of them which is what you're supposed to do so you know uh you know you you meet like 
Michael and Eddie and Tessa and Tom and all these other characters and it's just it's just interesting the way they wove the story together. They tell a, a good story. Uh, the story felt like it was you know obviously not meant for me because it's just not not my cup of tea on the story uh, because they the story is about two siblings that I don't know it, it it's the, the fallacy of memory is kind of what it, it, the story lends to me and I'm like okay this is cool they lead you on to try to determine you know some of the decisions you make um, affect their bond if you will. So if you don't side with your sibling, you could break their bond. Or if you do side with their sibling, you can strengthen the bond. And so sometimes you have to make that decision in the game where you want to appease your sibling or do you want to, you know, you want to be right. So, you know, that's the story's kind of, uh, the story's kind of a little awkward with that where you're like, what would I really do in this situation if I, it was my brother or sister? Would I be like, no, nah, I believe what I believe. You go do that, but in the game, it, you make, it makes you feel like you need to appease your sibling a little bit. So, you know, so we know a little bit about the story. You know, Shane, you know, I thought the puzzles were pretty good. The, the Book of Goblins was pretty cool, and how you use the Book of Goblins to solve the different um, the different puzzles. You know, uh, the puzzles, in my my opinion, were my favorite part of the game. Was there what what kept you playing the game? The second uh, second chapter, like I said, I did not like the first. Chapter at all. It was so dull to me. It started kind of twisting there at the very end. That's what threw me in to make make me want to play a little more. So I played a little more, and then the supernatural aspect or science fiction aspect of it really kept me going because I was hoping to see a little more a uh, little more sci-fi uh, in it, uh, especially some explanations for their their ability to communicate telepathically with each other to how they visually see each other's memories that was my whole thing i wanted to see more of the characters uh, of the brother and sister uh, tyler was just just so whiny it just so annoyingly whiny but i did love sam to me sam you were dead on sam is that uh, that uncle the these the sci-fi of it was the best part. The character of Sam and I kind of liked um, Uncle uh, Eddie. Uh, there was something about him. He was weird looking uh, in the game, but there was something about him I liked. But uh, that's really it. The puzzles were interesting, especially um, the goblin puzzles there at the uh, 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 the loft above the barn. Uh, I did enjoy that. Uh, I was trying to complete the game, uh, so I didn't get all the puzzles throughout the game, all the little things. I didn't find all the little uh, mannequin pieces. The best part about the game, though, I think I think they were trying to do something different, and that's what I would like to see more companies do. Even if it doesn't pay off, I would rather see people experiment and try different things, different ways. Uh, that's what keeps games fresh. But... You know, that's just me. I think uh, if they ever made a sequel, uh, I'd like to see a little more on the sci-fi end of it, explaining why. That would be cool to me. Uh, maybe Supernatural. What about you, Russ? What kept what kept you going? Because I know you were a little bored on those first few hours as well. Absolutely. That I mean, I think all of us, we, we've said it a few times now, we all... We all really struggled with that first hour or two. Really what kept me going, actually, I'm going to be honest, it, it, it was the puzzles a little bit, but it was also some of the story. Um, this was kind of like one of those reverse whodunits. I mean, uh, at least for me, because I can kind of see where the story was going. 
but it was like you could kind of mold it with the with the bond between the sisters, as Patrick was uh, as Patrick was saying, between the brother and the sister. You could see that bond changing some of the story, or at least the perspective or the perception of the story. I really enjoyed the Tessa storyline within that a little bit. You know, it seemed like Tessa was this rotten old hag that was just angry about everything and. And that she was tired of giving old girl free handouts and this, that, and the other. And to, and to come to find out that, that really Tessa was the one that, that was giving the most. She was the one that was willing to do the most. And just because of the perception of Marianne, which is the mother's name, you know, it, it, it got lost in that a little bit. And, and, and that giving was not really appreciated the way it should have been. Uh, I kind of, figured out who the father was because that's kind of what this whole story was about was who's the father and then who you know why did the murder happen what you know the whole title of it is tell me why tell me why we did this why did this happen and and that that kind of kept me going thankfully there once we got to the store there in that second chapter kind of got into that and started to get going into that part of it there started to do some investigation that that kind of kept me going because it, it did is it a CW story? Yeah, it is a little bit, but at the same time, I could find some uh, intrigue in it as the fact of, of the ending and how sad that was. And I, I don't know if we want to broach the ending just yet, keep you guys listening a little bit longer, but you know, for sure uh, that, that, that middle part there. And then uh, as Patrick will probably lead into, cause I know that he really enjoyed that part on the, when we went up into the attic, uh, of the, uh, garage or that extra, that extra part of the house there, that there was, was actually, it, it actually felt really cool to me. Um, was it a little CW? Yeah, it was, but it was still, it was still very fun. It was kind of like the treat, uh, at, after having to eat the, all your broccoli and, and, and carrots and all that stuff. You kind of got the treat of the dessert, which was that, like that little bit of that ending. So, uh, Nick. Uh, you have any more uh, anything to add to that? Kind of continue the story for us. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it was kind of CW, but it was a good story. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was kind of sad, you know, like you said, and and just what Marianne, who's the mother, <clears throat> was going through, and what you learn about not just her, but you learn about her and the townsfolks and the twins as well, and all of those storylines kind of converge. You know, one of the things that you kind of find out, and this is a, a small spoiler, is, and you kind of find out kind of early, is that, you know, Tyler goes off to fireweed, and the reason why he, he does is because he takes the blame for stabbing and killing his mom as far as what spoiler you Spoiler know. alert, by the way. <laughs> I already said that. I said that. I didn't so, catch it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so... But what you end up finding out is actually Allison who stabbed her mom and and caused her mom to fall into the lake and, and, and die. And so Tyler takes the blame for this. So you kind of feel bad for Tyler in the sense that he got shipped, you know, she got to live with uh, Uncle Eddie, the, the police chief, and have a normal life while he got sent off to this uh, fireweed, which is the, uh, I don't know, show, social program or whatever it is, and had to live there for 10 years, you know, as kind of a punishment for, you know, because they're too young to, to, to go to prison or anything like that. So it was kind of a punishment to, to 
him for what happened because he took the blame for it. But really, it was her that caused that to, to, in a sense, as far as we know, you know, in the beginning of the game, uh, killing their mom. So, you know, you kind of feel bad for him because it's like he, you know, and he was willing to take the blame for it. And he does say that, you know, and he doesn't really throw that back in Allison's face either. He continues to take the blame for it, continues to say, you know, what happened to him was fine. But you can kind of get that sense that, you know, if, if things were turned around, how would Tyler's life be compared to Allison's, um, you know, if, if, thing, if the situation was the other way around? So it, it was kind of, you know, it was kind of like, oh, man, that kind of sucks for him. But, you know, I guess he, he wanted to go that route. So, you know, he wanted to take the blame for it. So I guess that's what it worked out to. But yeah, other than that, you know, for the story in the end, and I know we'll get to it eventually, it threw me off. I wasn't expecting what, what, you know, what came up. I kind of figured out how Marianne died, but the other part about the father, that, that threw me to, I was like, really? But <laughs> we'll get to that soon. But regardless, I, I think it was a good story. It had some good twists and turns. I think if it was a little bit longer than three chapters, they could have really introduced more characters. You know, Don't Nod usually have a lot more characters and a lot more story in there because they're usually a five-chapter um, games in, in most most of the time, besides Captain Spirit, which was kind of like a prequel to, I think, Life is Strange 2. You know, a lot of their games are usually a lot longer and this being a three chapter, I think they kind of had to size down the amount of characters they had and kind of the interaction between those characters and kind of the buildup of story and, and interaction with all the characters. They kind of threw each segment at you quickly to move the story along so they could finish it up in three chapters, which, you know, I guess that kind of sucks that they had to kind of condense the story down. But still, overall, it was a good story. Uh, Patrick, what about you? You got any more to add or did you want to get into the spoiler territory? We'll probably get into a lot of the spoiler, but one of the things that I really found cool about this game that I really enjoyed was the book, the little book of goblins that they had. You know, I, I thought that was kind of a neat little tie in because every character in the game is a character in this little book that these kids and their mom wrote. So you go through this whole thing and you get this story and you find out that their mom is the princess and, you know, and Sam is the bear and, you know, and every character has has traits and virtues in the book and and you learn about them as you go through this, the, the actual game and you play it and you're like, OK, because at some point you have to determine because there's certain situations where you have to say who's who in a puzzle type thing when you're looking at. It. So you can go, you know, you're like, oh, Sam's the bear and, and Tessa's the I think Tessa was the pelican. And, right. and, you know, and you just find all these different characters and you're like, OK, and then there's the uh, the mad hunter and you got to figure out how who he is and. And, you know, and the, the game really leads you to one way. It doesn't lead it, – it kind of – so, you know, getting into the spoiler territory a little bit, when you kind of figure out who your father is, you know, Sam is one of the candidates. When you read the stories in the book, the, the Goblin's book, Sam is really a caring character that's, like, always around. When their mom needs him, when they need him, he's always there. And you're just like, okay, so this guy is either just madly in love with, with Marianne or – He's he's their dad and just, you know, some circumstance they don't know about. So you go through and you play and you learn that, you know, you know, getting into spoilers, we said. So you find out, you know, you confront Sam at his little marina and you find out he's not your dad. And you're like, OK, so who's the dad? 
you know, you find out, in my opinion, Sam's story is a really sad story. You find out that he was just madly in love with Marianne and did everything he could for her and the kids, you know, and the whole thing. And you're just like, and he ends up, you know, taking her death really hard. He's, he's pretty much a, a, the town drunk by the time we get involved. You know, he's always, always drunk. He's always drinking. He's, but like I said, he's that uncle that comes around that means well, but not necessarily proper, you know. So, you know, that was really – the story goes into that, and then, you know, you get into the third chapter, and you find out that Sam built the barn and that there's a secret trap door in the barn. And the, like I said, I just want to say the book is the book is probably one of the better parts of this game because there's so many stories about these different characters and and different different things in the book, and they just all interwine. This game intertwines with this book, and the way that they weave it together, in my opinion, is pretty awesome because a lot of the puzzles, you have to read the stories in the book to get them. And so it kind of forces you to read the book. And by forcing you to read the book, the stories, in my opinion, are great. The little short stories in the book that the kids wrote are great. You know, and so uh, leading up to the final scene, you go up into the you find the trap door into this loft in the barn and you go into the barn. And there's all these little cool puzzles. And I mean, they are great. You find pedestals for all the little uh, statues of the characters from there, for the goblins, the beaver, the muskrat, all, you know, all these different characters. So, And then you solve puzzles to get hints and clues about Marianne's life. It's it's really a great way to end the story because you just get to read all these these things to find out why Marianne is the way that she is or what happened to Marianne. You know, because we really don't up until this point, you don't know anything except for maybe Marianne was just a little misunderstood because you get glimpses of who she was because the kids were really young when this happened. They when 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 she got killed, they were young. They don't you know, we all know that little kids don't fully understand what's going on around them in the day to day life. They see what they see in their perceptions. But we as adults keep things away from kids that they don't need to know. You know, the trials and tribulations of life you don't want to put on your child's shoulders. You know, and, the, and Marianne's trying that. Towards the end of the story, I kind of figured out who the father was, but only because I only character I couldn't figure out who it was in the story was the Mad Hunter. And I was like, who's the Mad Hunter in the story? <laughs> you know, and I'm going through there going, I know who this person is. I know who that person is. Uh, you know, and, and, and these people all make sense. But who is this character? And you're just like, and part of me is going, OK, so maybe the Mad Hunter's their dad and he's just a really shitty person, you know, or something. So, you know. Um, as you go through there, you know, I figure we all probably need to participate in this last bit of conversation. But like the last the last bit of the converse, the last bit of the story when you get in the attic, just in my opinion, is complete sadness. You you know, I don't I don't know how we want to spoil this with everybody, but, you know, you find out I'll let I'll let, I'll let somebody else spoil the, the very end of the game. But I want to talk about what you find out in the attic, because I think the attic was probably the coolest part of the game with all the little mini uh, stories and everything. But you find out that Marianne had a had got pregnant when she lived with her rich parents that she's portrayed as the princess in the in the stories. And it's because her parents are 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 insanely rich from what you get from the stories or whatever. And, you know, and you find out that she got pregnant out of wedlock and um, you know, the, the boyfriend or husband wasn't like the best person or whatever. So she runs away to Alaska with, with some, uh, you know, she got, she meets some people and she runs away to Alaska and gets a house and she ends up the, the child of hers ends up dying that she has, you know, when they go out there. And so it's really heartbreaking. You find out she buried it in the tree on the property and the kid, the brother and sister didn't even know about any of this and nobody does. And so she's extremely sad and then she makes up the story about these little goblins that live 
and the little goblins are children, and she makes up a story about the goblins that live under the floor of the house, and they become really good friends, and they're the best thing in her life. And it's really sad and depressing story, and you feel really bad for Marianne, because I did. I felt horrible for her after reading this, because they portray her to be this bad person up until – because the, you're getting the children's perspective and some from the town, but you feel – I felt horrible for Marianne. I'm like, what happened to her? I want to know what drove her to do this. But, you know, you find out that she had, you know, a, a child that died very young in Alaska, and then she got these two other kids, and you're like, okay, so the baby has a different dad, and then these two kids – then these two kids, and you're like, okay, so what's going on? And, you, you know, you you still don't know who their father is after you solve all the puzzles, but you learn a lot more about Marianne and her life and, you know, and 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 all this kind of stuff. You know, you learn about their grandparents, and, uh, you know, they're not really the – best people but you don't know a whole lot about them um you know but like i said that the attic scene made me really feel horrible for marianne it was like it was pretty depressing for me um but it gives you a little bit more perspective and then you know then you you're leaving the you, you know the story starts to take an end when you take a turn when you leave that uh leave the loft after you've solved all the puzzles and everything and you walk outside and you start getting memory flashes, you know, and I don't, I don't want to be the one to do all the spoilers. So I kind of want to open the floor on, on who wants to kind of finish out the story, you know, and, and round it out to the, you know, towards the end. Well, let me, let me jump in just real quick. Cause everything you just said about the mom was absolutely true. It was, it was really heartbreaking uh, because they throw, they throw a lot about the mom at you at one time and, if they would have stretched it out, I don't think it would have had the effect that it did. And I was thinking about that, too. Like I said, this is one of those things where they were doing something different and they were experimenting. That was something I really liked. I really liked uh, how they made the monster human, you know, because, the you know, the, the game tells you, uh, you know, she tried to kill her children. I mean, what kind of person thing would do that? Right, and right. and just like you said, you go through that you go through that attic of the of the barn there, and you go through all that little story stuff. It's like, oh my god, that poor poor woman. Right. That right. that is the thing about that game that probably tells me to tell people to play because other than that, it was really generic in my opinion. But right. you know, you guys disagree, and that's great because oh, that's that's opinions, and. When they, when they really revealed all this about the mom, you know, it was, it was probably the only moment of that game where I felt there was a human character. Uh, everything, like I said, everything else was CW to me, but that, that was so good the way they did that and the way they revealed it and the way they, you know, the, the, um, storybook stuff told the story of the mom at that point when you think about the little stuff you read and saw through the story that was that was to me that was some every company she needs to needs to take a look at and see how they did that how they how they approached a character the way they did right yeah because i mean even even the book kind of leans you you know you learn that the mother is the princess you know early, mm-hmm. I, at least i did early on and and i felt like that the book kind of even play on that stereotype that she was a spoiled little princess because when you read the story of the bear, which, you know, you equate to Sam and how the bear does all this for her and he goes out and gets her these food and these clothes, this stuff and all this stuff. And you're just like, what is wrong with this woman? What is wrong with this princess? This bear is just like pouring his, you know, heart and soul out. And she's basically just like 
treating him like garbage and you're just and the whole time the princess seems to treat everybody as garbage because she, she treats the pelican and the pelican gives her all this stuff and they have the story of the um the story of the birthday party where the pelican and the the stalwart moose and the um the bear give her gifts and she doesn't appreciate the gifts so the uh, you know, they make them all disappear with the fairies do until she can tell them what she did wrong. And, you know, you like I said, you gain that the stalwart moose is Uncle Eddie, the sheriff, and the pelican is Tessa, the yep. the always giving kind of thing, the pious one and, and all this. And you just learn all this stuff and it makes the story, you know, that much more, in my opinion, in depth. But early on in the game, you kind of learn that the mother might not be the monster that the kids lend that the kids story tends to lend you to believe because they find the book about how uh, the mom had a book on basically the book. The mom had two things. She had a pamphlet and a book and the pamphlet was seemed horrible because it was like a, it was like one of those religious camps to turn your kid away from, uh, you know, away from being transgender the way that they felt, which, you know, is horrible thing. But they had that pamphlet. Then they had the book that was basically how to understand and your, your transgender child. And you're just like, okay, so the mother wasn't really against this. She's maybe trying to understand it. So, you know, you get led into this, but at the end, it's almost like she's exonerated because she built this room above the barn for her kids um, to to basically tell her story to her children on who she really is. Um, I, you know, so, you know, it, it's conflicting stories sometimes. Sometimes I felt like she was the biggest loser or jerk around, and then you get towards the end, and you're just like, oh, I feel horrible for this woman uh, and all these other characters. So I, I that was probably the best part of the game for me was that last, like, hour or two where you get this human story from the mother, this monster, like I said, this monster that you've grown, that you're groomed into the game of not liking because you think that she would, who would kill or try to harm their children. Oh yeah. Let me ask something. All right. We all played last of us too. We all know that the character of Abby is portrayed all the way through Ellie's story as monster evil. And, you know, and then you're forced to play as her try to humanize her this is what they should have done for that character if they wanted to make her humanized they wanted to show that she had some sort of a moral standing this is what they should have done something along these lines and i didn't think about it till you know we were talking about it you know they they try to make her a monster at the beginning and then try to make her human at the end if they'd have done something like they just did in this game that would have been a lot better for last of us too in my opinion what about you, Nick? What do you think? Am I off on that? Yeah, I mean, Last of Us 2 has a lot that needs to be fixed about Abby's story. <laughs> but going back to this game, yeah, I mean, they they do portray the mom as being this tyrant, you know, and they portray it at the beginning, and, you know, they kind of throw in these things where it seems like the mom's not that bad of a character, not that bad of a person. And, you know, it's always the twins that kind of, throw you off as the player saying, oh, no, she wasn't that way. She was a horrible, mean person, blah, 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 blah. But even the twins start to kind of change their perception of Marianne. And, yeah, I I 100% agree with Patrick. The the loft above the barn was the best part. You know, that last, you know, couple hours of Chapter 3 was definitely the best way to end it. And it was super sad just seeing, like, you know, really it comes down to she was just trying to make a claim for herself and trying to be the best that she could possibly be. And 
you know, life was just not given, just not throwing her bone, basically. You know, she had a lot of bad things that happened to her and, and her kids were, uh, you know, besides the one she lost, the two kids she has now, the twins, were everything that she had. And that was, you know, and, and really, you know, if we want to go into some spoiler territory, you know, I'll throw... I think before, before we go into that, I got a question for everybody sure. here because one of the things that I felt the story kind of went to was I always felt compelled to side with with your twin. So if you're playing Allison, you sided with with Tyler and vice versa. So one of the one of the first decisions that you have to make that I wanted to get your guys' take on was when you were in the grocery store and you're confronting Tessa, you see you see uh, Tyler. You know Tyler always seems to have the more negative memory so every one of his memories of his mom are kind of her in a negative light so when you when you see the story with um where where they're confronting where their mom is shopping and tessa confronts her you know tyler is basically like you know their mom is just completely berating tessa and just shutting tessa down and yelling and calling her a bad person you know and tessa's just wanting to talk and then when you when you look at the 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 memory from Allison, it's the opposite. Like, you know, the mom is calm and collective, but Tessa is pretty much just browbeating her into submission. And you have to make a decision, like whose memory do you trust? And you're, and you're making the decision from Allison's perspective. So you have to go, do I side with my brother or do I side with my own, my own recollection of the memory? So I kind of want to ask you guys what you, what you chose and kind of why there. Was it because you were compelled to side with your with your twin, or did you just want your own opinion? So, you know, Russ, do you remember that scene, and do you remember which person you sided with? Yeah, I, actually, I do because I remember how I felt about it. Um, uh, I, we were already kind of getting that story about how she was trying to like shove that um, that camp for Ollie, well, for Tyler, uh, you know, help trying to quote unquote help and. And so I did. I actually sided with Allison in the fact that Marianne was the kind one in the moment, not Tessa. You know, I had I had kind of built up a little angst with Tessa at that point. I think that the way that my story was going, I was kind of annoyed with Tessa. Like, you know, like, well, you're going to give her these handouts, but yet you're going to get on to her. You know, like I kind of felt like that towards that part of it. So I did. I went with Allison and, and I and I said, you know, I think Marianne was the one that was calm in that moment. Yeah, I think it, you're, you're yeah, yeah, Shango, what did you what did you do in that one? Do you remember? What'd you pick? Uh, uh yeah, I went uh uh gotta see it. Did, did you, yeah, Run did through you my think? head. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I went with um Allison's memory with the more calm approached version. Uh okay. with that one, just because the something about the character seemed like that was probably it, even though she was a, a holy roller, you know, she she put her faith on her sleeve with a lot of the conversation you heard from her. So, but so you decided, so you I sided with Allison. So basically yeah. that the mom was calm and that Tessa was the, the bully here? No, no, that, no. I sided with Allison that Tessa was calm and the mom was that's, being angry. That's, that's Tyler. Tyler's memory is the one where. Was that where, Tyler? I apologize. Yeah. Because remember, throughout the whole story, Tyler's memories of his mom his are mom all kind of. On the anger side, yeah. Yeah, his mom's always angry. So, so you sided with Tyler. So you sided with your brother. Because you're making yeah, a decision. 
Nick, what did you pick? Do you remember that one? I do. Wasn't that like the first one where you had to do that? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was pretty like right in the early on into into mm-hmm. when you got into town. So mine's really easy. I started with the fact that I didn't figure out I couldn't figure out how to switch between the two, and I just picked the one that was in front of me. <laughs> so I think it was I think it was Allison's that you're looking at first when you're trying to decide which two to choose from. So I didn't know you had to like because I was playing on PC. And I didn't know you had to, like, use the mouse to switch between the two, look at both perspectives. Uh-uh. So I was using the keyboard, like, I don't know how to switch between them. And so I just, uh, I'm like, well, it's here in front of me, so I hit the button. So, yeah, mine. <laughs> so so did you did you mean to pick that one, though? I mean, if you could have picked it, would you have picked the one where the mom was angry or where the mom was the calm one? Um, I probably would have picked um, the one where the mom was the calm one. Yeah. So... So, you know, I really I'm not going to spoil this, but that conversation, basically, if you pick Allison's memory, you break a little bit of the bond between the two siblings because Tyler remembers their mom as the tyrant and Allison remembers the mom as the calm one who was just getting called out by Tessa. And there's a reason for that, because as the story goes on, you'll we'll find out and we'll talk about it. But, you know, Tessa had a reason to be the tyrant. You don't know this when you're making the decision, but you're just, you know, but you're I also in the back of my mind. While I played this, I always felt that Tyler was extremely bitter and angry, which, you know, coming from the perspective and the story that you're supposed to be in makes sense. You know, he was, you know, Tyler was born a little girl, you know, born female and and identified as male. So, okay. And so the whole time he felt like everybody treated him as his opinion didn't matter. And so, you know, and so rightfully so, he's a little bitter towards things, but they just push too much onto it. So I, I sided with Tyler because I felt like, if I went against my brother, that it would, you know, it would just cause issues and angst because it always seemed like the two were on eggshells when they were around each other in the beginning because of that 10 year gap and where they weren't talking and stuff. So, so like, we've got a big spread here. That's why I kind of wanted to ask because it leads further into the, the other one. There's only like two or three of these decisions really that honestly matter. One of them is like when you're deciding whether you're going to side with, uh, Chief Eddie, Uncle Eddie. Uh, or, you know, where you basically, you're Allison and do you side with what you did with Eddie was wrong or right? But in my opinion, that one doesn't play too much into the story except for this one because there's another part where you have to make a decision that I wanted to ask you guys about. So towards the end of the game, the two little kids are spying when Eddie comes to talk to their mom towards the end of the story. And, you know, you have to make a decision there. Do you believe your side of the story or do you believe Tyler's side because you're playing you play a lot you slept around a lot but you do play a lot more as Allison I think so in that scene uh Eddie comes to the house and Tyler sees their mom is getting extremely angry and throws a picture at at Eddie and he storms off and in the end and if you do Allison's she sees the story as their mom was calm but upset because of what Eddie had said but she didn't like throw anything at him or throw a tantrum so kind of the same question do you guys remember who you sided with, you know, Marianne being uh, completely irate or Marianne being upset, not irate? You know, uh, Nick, what did you do? You remember that one? I do. I believe and I think this was the option to strengthen their bond was mm-hmm. to pick Tyler's yes. um, option. And that's the one I ended up choosing. Right. If you ever disagree with your brother or the other sibling, it it, it loosens the bond. So that's why I say it kind of the game kind of leads you to say, well, if I want my bond to be stronger, I have to side with my sibling. So I lose my you lose your individuality there 
you know, if you do that, because you're going against what your memories of this situation are. Uh, Russ, do you remember what you picked there? I, again, went with Allison. I went the calm one. Uh, I think through the whole game, I went back and forth with the bond being strong week, strong week, because on a couple of those things, like that one there, again, was a moment where I don't know why, but like I, I kind of felt sorry for Marianne from the very beginning almost. I mean, I, I don't know if if I was just being suspect or if I was just being cynical. Like I was like, okay, they're going to set us up to something. <laughs> but I at, even in that moment, because I kind of like respected the bond of what Eddie did for Allison and stuff, I think that's maybe why I kind of – went that way for a little bit of it. I mean, I always kind of like to go with the calm portion of it anyway. Uh, and I think for me too, Tyler was kind of getting on my, grating on my nerves at that point in time. So, <laughs> um, you know, it, it might've been some of that, that, that went along with that decision, but you know, and, and the only reason why Tyler's is, is great on the nerves was because like the dude could never just like chill out. Sometimes it was like almost, I wanted to get in there, in there and just kind of yell at him and say, just chill out, man, listen. But, uh, that, that's what I went with. Shane, what did you pick on that one? Do you remember that one? That was towards the end of the game where you guys were. Yep. Well, I remember. Uh, I, I went the same way as Russ, uh, Allison's side on that one. So uh, even though, yeah, I weakened the bond, but I, I really wasn't too concerned about the bond. I was more or less thinking about it as a uh, you know detective novel, trying to figure it out myself. I wasn't really concerned about the bond too much. Interesting. So that that kind of leads me into a question that's off topic of the game. When you guys play games, do you play the games from your perspective or no? Because when I play a game, like, you know, when I play a game, no matter what it is, I kind of put myself, especially when it's choice decision based games, uh, I kind of put myself in the position of how would I answer this, knowing what I know and and who I'm who I am as a person, not necessarily who that person's character, you know. I can't relate to Allison. I can't relate to Tyler. I am me. I know what I would react to in that situation. So do you guys do that? You know, Russ, do you do that in the game, or do you play the game kind of from the perspective of the character and not from your perspective? I usually try to dive into the character. Um, We've played those kind of games before, you know, whether we're playing dark side or light side, you know, when it comes to Star Wars stuff and everything like that. And if I'm you know, if, if I'm kind of rolling with a, a dark side character, I'm going to go with those more decisions that are a little bit darker. Uh, this one here, I, I felt a lot of empathy for Allison. Uh, I felt a lot of empathy for um, Marianne uh, from the start for some reason. I, I don't know if it was something that was kind of that I picked up that was different than some other people, but I just that's what I picked up there. And, and that's why I probably went and decided those ways more. Uh, because I do kind of try to immerse myself into what are those characters, you know, who are those characters versus my own, my own morality or my own decision making skills. Okay. Uh, so, so about- you, you, so you jump in and kind of play from the character's perspective. So we got two different sides here. You play from the, you try to get into the character's perspective and I always pick from my perspective. Uh, you know, Shane, what do you normally do in games like this? Do you try to pick the character's perspective or do you kind of jump in and look at these as with your, with your own perception of how you would answer these questions and things? Kind of both, because if if it's a very interesting character, very interesting story, uh, I look at it from what has happened up to that point of the character to answer that question. But if it's like I felt with the CW stuff on this thing, I, I just I really answered it in my own thought. 
how I would probably answer it, but it's hard for me to relate to these characters, uh, except for Sam, because I like to drink too. <laughs> but so that should but, tell you all something that that Shane is your weird Uncle Sam, if you have one of those. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But uh, you know, it's a it's one of those things where it, the the characters and the stories will dictate my choices. Okay. Um, it, whether or not I follow the character and story or if I follow, you know, what I would do. So you lean more like Russ does. You try to get involved with the character a little bit. It, exactly. Exactly. Nick, to me, that makes, that makes a game like this. Okay. Nick, what do you do on these type of games? Generally, especially the first playthrough, um, I will typically play it in my perspective as to what choices and decisions I would make. Right. That's kind of what I wondered because that's the way it seems. Like, uh, I, you know, just as kind of my own personal opinion and stuff on this, like in my life, I've always played like in my family, I play Peacekeeper because I don't want to rock the boat because, you know, how, you know, family rocking the boat gets, it gets nasty. So I always played Peacekeeper and kind of reminded me of this when I was playing the game. I caught myself doing it. I'm like, I'm just going to, you know, even if I didn't wholeheartedly believe it, like when, when you start learning more of the story, I was, when I played Allison, I would always side with, with, uh, Tyler's memories because I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to cause any strife and I don't want to cause this or that. So I found myself always doing that until the end of the story, which is funny because, but then that's because that's what my, when I look at these games, I always play these through my perspective. If, if I'm the character, I am playing as my perspective. So that's how I look at this. I don't say, I don't say, what would Tyler do? I would, I always say, what would I do? Or what would Allison do? I'd say, what would I do in this situation? And, you know, and, and I kind of look at this and, and the, the game kind of made me think, you know, we all, you know, we all love our mom. So I'm like, how could my mom do this? I don't believe she could, you know, and, and stuff like this. And we all kind of look at that. We all know that there are horrible, mean people in this world that can do what she did uh, or what, you know, what she or perceived that she did. But that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. That's what I wanted to kind of feel out. Because Nick's answers kind of lead into that too, you know, where, which who did what. So. Well, well, my mom would use the butt of the gun to save the money, so I'm not worried about what she'd have done. <laughs> well, the the hilarity, the hilarity in in what you're talking about, Patrick, really does it. And this is me only solidifying my answer is that on the boat in the very first 15 minutes, 20 minutes of the game, I would think uh, according to what. Uh, what the game was telling me, I was the only one that threw the ring in the water. And like, that's the thing that I thought Tyler would do. Would He would throw that ring uh, in the water. And, then, and what I'm talking <laughs> about, for those that don't know, this is a scene where um, Allison was trying to give a peace offering to Tyler from Eddie, from Uncle Eddie, uh, a ring, a kind of a family type of ring. And um, you had the choice to keep it or throw it in the water, and I threw it in the water. All right. And, and his perspective, you know, yeah, we all I kept it because I want to keep the peace and all that. But just his perspective, you don't know any of this information early on in the game. You don't know who Eddie is. You don't know what the relationship is. You're just like, OK, do I think that he's like this? You know, according to Tyler, he's this protagonist, whatever, you know, this really bad person. But when you go through the story, you find out that Uncle Eddie is the police officer, the police chief that comes to their house when they're. You know, basically, he's the one that questions them in the beginning of the game and all this stuff. And and you you come to find out that, you know, he's supposed to be this authoritative figure, but he's always, you know, they call him the stalwart moose in the game because he's always just and, and all this stuff. And you come to find out that, you know, when Marianne is dead, he takes Allison in. Uh, but you, you're under the impression that he's at Fireweed because of Eddie. Um, and 
It is. Fireweed is like this, um, I'm trying to remember the term that they use, but it's basically a community house for troubled youth that's very open to, you know, his type of lifestyle. So you come to find out that just nobody, not just anybody can go to Fireweed. Eddie paid for him to go there to help him get over all this and all this stuff. And you come to find out Eddie's this great guy. And, you know, you don't know any of this stuff when you when you get the peace offering from him. So it's it's just kind of funny that if you throw the ring, you basically told you basically in Eddie's a he's a, a, a native. You know, they're from the Clinkett tribe, you know, up there. So they're not, not accepting the gift is like a really bad thing to them, you know. So, uh, you know, like I said, that's the peacekeeper in me of the family type thing, which is cool. Like I said, I play the game as if this was me, and so me is playing Tyler. I don't want to upset my sister, so I'm going to – I kept the ring, you know. <laughs> yeah. so. let, me ask, let me ask you something. Did – when you were as Allison, you were in his office, Eddie's office up there, did you guys confess that you were the ones who stabbed Marianne? Russell, you first. Yes, yes, I, I confessed. Nick? No, I did not. Pat, I confess. Okay. <laughs> now, at the end of the game, when you're confronting, um, uh, what's his name from the store? Dang it, what's his name? <laughs> Tom Vecchi. Tom, yeah. Now, when he's giving you the whole spiel about, uh, you know, people finding out, because he knew what happened. He saw the whole thing. You need to spill about, you know, what would Eddie think if he found out that, you know, you were the one who stabbed Marianne? I was surprised. I mean, I don't I know it changes with your choices. Now, Nick, what did did your character, your playthrough, excuse me, say anything about that, about Eddie not knowing, not, you know, not letting Eddie know? Because when I played through, I thought my character would be like, haha, I already told Eddie. So you know, suck a butt. But nothing happened with that. That was one of those odd things where it's like that's a specific choice I remember making. And when he brought that up about Eddie finding out, it really had no – to me, it felt like it had no uh, bearing. That choice never you know, came to fruition. Well, I mean, it, it, in my opinion, well, Tom would never have known that you know that. And she's probably not going to throw out that – you know, in my opinion, she's pretty smart. She's not going to be – she's not going to jeopardize Eddie – to appease Tom, because if Tom knows and didn't say anything, he could be in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, the you know part of the story that we were talking about, where what basically spiraled all this out of out of control was that the scene that we were talking about, where the mom got angry at Eddie, was that you know we're starting to get into more spoiled territory. Tessa called social services on on Marianne, and so the CPS officer was coming to Marianne's house and Uncle Eddie being friends to Marianne and the kids came by to warn her about what was going on. And, you know, and so, you know, you don't know about this as part of that conversation uh, with, you know, when the the twins are arguing over whose memory is is valid. But, you know, know, uh, Uncle Eddie was trying to help her. But, you know, according to Tyler, he was the instigator, the jerk. And, you know, and in all honesty, he was just trying to be you know, he had to. He had a responsibility to take Tessa's complaint to heart, or else he, you know, he could lose what he's worked for in in his position and where he's at. So he has to take her her complaint to heart and basically notify CPS who's coming out. He just wanted to warn Marianne that they were coming out, which basically spirals the whole end of the story mm-hmm. together. So it's I don't know, man. I think that I think that um, 
Allison's too smart to let Tom know that to jeopardize Eddie's uh, position. That's how I looked at that. And 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 you know, understandable. Just to give just to give uh, the listeners a little bit perspective that this is two scenes together in two different chapters. Now we have the chapter where towards the end of the chapter two, where that's where we discover that that conversation. But once you go up after after you talk to Sam, and once you go up to the uh, the addict area and you discover all that stuff, you come down and then that's when they call to confront Tom. And, and, and in my opinion, in my opinion, that threat from Tom was valid and Allison was nervous because the thing about it is, is if it would have got outside of Eddie, the only reason why it stayed where it was at was because it was within Eddie. Eddie had control of what happened to the kids if that information would have gotten out uh, to higher purposes or higher people than just Eddie, like it got out to the public, then they would have come and probably run with it, uh, and Eddie would have gotten in trouble. So I think there was, even though even though it seemed like a, a um, an empty threat from Tom, I think that there was still some level of of threat behind it because, like I said, Allison could have been outed and it could have got out, um, you know, in a bigger aspect than just there in the little town of Devil's Crossing. So, you know, that's my opinion on it. And, Nick, if you want to, uh, we could pass it to you, let you comment on that, and then then kind of finish it out, and let's let's completely spoil this thing. Right, yeah. So, yeah, Nick, you want to go ahead and do the spoiler honors for this one? (laughs) Sure. So, yeah, so basically when you're talking about Tom, you know, just kind of throw the spoiler right out there. So you find out that Tom is your dad, and he's the Mad Hunter. Out of all the characters in the game, Tom was really, for me, was like, really, Tom? Because Tom's kind of like the <laughs> store uh, clerk owner. It's 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 Tessa's uh, husband, you know. So basically, Marianne had an affair with Tom, and they had the two twins. And Tom was there that night and did see what went on. And, you know, to kind of throw all the spoils out there. Um, and then, you know, we can also, if anybody else wants to spoil things too, they can. I don't know if there's much more to spoil, but, uh, basically you find out that Tom's your dad and you also find out that, well, you got two perspectives really. Uh, kind of what we were talking about with the twins. You have the one perspective that the mom was trying to kill Tyler or trying to kill their, her kids. Uh, or you have, I believe it was Allison's perspective, or no, it was Tom's, I'm sorry, Tom's perspective, where basically Marion was not trying to kill the kids. She was trying to talk to them. She was actually trying to kill herself. Because really what it came down to was Marianne, that's all she had was her kids. You know, she already lost one. All she had left was her twin daughters. And, you know, child services was coming to take them away, basically. And she couldn't live with that. And she was trying to kill herself or was planning on doing so. And Tyler catches her mid, you know, loading up a shotgun, basically, and perceives at that time that she is trying to kill them because he cut his hair and follows him down to the dock and... That's where Allison proceeds to stab her in the back with a, a pair of scissors, and she falls into the lake. 
And earlier, and, and just to kind of add on to that just a little bit, earlier in the um, in episode two, I believe it was, or it might have been early on on episode three. No, no, I'm sorry. I apologize. It is two. When they're at the police station and they're digging through the records, right. you find out that uh, Marianne did not die from the stab wound. She actually died of drought. She drowned. She, yeah, she drowned. So the they actually had an opportunity. They actually had an opportunity, not only the kids, but also Tom had the opportunity to save her. Um, and so that even adds another layer of sadness to this already depressing story. So anyway, I, I just wanted to add that little bit in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Tom, you know, Tom did it all for himself. Really? Yeah, yeah. Tom, what we failed to mention this whole story is that Tom is running for the mayor <laughs> as this whole yeah. story is going on. He's running to be mayor. And if you play the game, I make the joke. I make the joke outside here, but I make the joke. Tom reminds me of Tom Cruise in in uh, in what was it, Tropic Thunder <laughs> Tropic. or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, he reminds me and looks just like Tom Cruise in that. And I'm like, God, really? And Marianne's this kind of pretty looking woman. I mean, she's not like what I would consider with Tom. She's not Tessa. <laughs> <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, so thought. Yeah, exactly. You know, but as as Nick's telling the story, you know, one of the things that happens is that you see that Tom is watching this go down because he and Marianne just had a fight earlier as well where he wouldn't give her any money or help her out with the kids or anything. And, you know, so he's still there watching all this go down because he was just about to leave or he he got he hurt. He got hurt or whatever. And he was coming to, to check out, check on the kids and her because he heard something bad was happening or something like that. I, I, that was part was kind of foggy, but he was basically hiding out in the woods, watched this whole thing go down as one of the kids stumbled on her upset in the shed, launched, loading up a shotgun. And, you know, and, and yeah, so you get two perspectives of the story. And so, you know, I guess that's kind of a question for everybody now. So in the end, there was two perspectives you had to do. You pick Tyler's perspective or you pick the one that they kind of lead you to believe might be a little influenced by Tom, but it's still uh, Allison's memory. They tell you it's Allison's memory, but it could be influenced by Tom's uh, information. You know, so basically, you know, they call Tom, they confront him. He comes out and tells them the story that, you know, that, you know, he tells them a, a sob story about he wouldn't give her any more money and all this stuff and that, you know what they thought happened really didn't happen, that they killed their mom for no reason. Um, so, Nick, what did you, which which sibling did you side with that on that? Did you side with Allison's recollection that Tom's story was true, or did you side with Tyler's that she was pointing the gun at him and threatened to kill him? I went with Allison's. I don't think Marianne was trying to kill her kids. I think she was just at the end of her ropes, and, you know, that was just – she already lost one kid and didn't want to lose two more. And she, you know, and she was run, she was on the hard times, and that was just she was at the end of her ropes. And I think with Tyler catching her, she was even though she still had the shotgun in her hand, she was still trying to just talk to Tyler and get him to calm down. And you know, that's just what it came out to be. So I think Tom was correct. I think Tom's still a coward though. Yeah, I do too. Well, I was just thinking, I was just saying part of the thing I guess I left out was that, uh, Ollie, who is Tyler, was going to show their mom his, his haircut. And that's why he assumed it was because his hair was cut because he came in when she's upset loading the shotgun, not knowing anything previous about him cutting his hair until he showed up in front of her. You know, we get that perspective. So, uh, Russ, which story did you, which memory did you side with in this one? I went with Allison as well. Um, you know, I, 
as I immersed myself in the story, you know, the fact that she took so much care and so much time to, to write those, um, stories, the, everything in the attic leads me to believe that she had probably been planning to kill herself for a little bit. I mean, like, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to do it, you know, like maybe even, I mean, and this is theoretical. I mean, this is just, I'm just explaining to you how it made me feel. And it made me feel as though that that addict was built before it was, it was set up to tell her story. If anything ever happened to her and with it all being set up and done, she was, you know, and, and then the timing of Eddie and all that. And she's like, you know, I've got to end this now because I know, I mean, she already knows that if something happens to her, Eddie's going to take care of her. You know, Eddie is the stalwart moose. Sam would take care of her because he's the bear. Tessa would take care of the kids because they're, pel- you know, because she's a pelican. I mean, like all those things, she knew that those children would be well taken care of and, and be able to thrive. And so she thought, well, if she could get herself out of the way, um, that that would be, you know, that would be the best for the children. Now that and suicide's never a good choice, but you know, it, it, it is what it is within the story. And, uh, that's where, that's where I believe Allison's side of the story. Shane, what did you, who did you side with? Whose memory did you side with? Tyler's or Allison's? Well, I went with everybody else. I went with Allison's. <laughs> it, it just seemed to make a little more sense, um, to me, but I don't know. I, I really would like to have known the outcome of the other way, but it just made more sense to me. I think, uh, like Russ was saying, you know, all the love and care they put up into the uh, loft there. Um, I don't know. It just, uh, it just didn't make sense to go that way, but it kind of does. I think it might just be for me wanting to know the outcome of that. And that's the thing about games like this is when you have different outcomes, you really want to know the other outcomes, especially if they were really good. Right. Um, yes. So I think we all did the same thing. We, I, I went with, I went with, uh, with Allison as well and sided with that story, you know, so all of us kind of were compelled towards the end to just follow Allison and not Tyler because the game actually spins, in my opinion, the game spins you to more believe that Tyler's just a bitter person towards the end of it because of what's going on here and at the end. And, and it, it is very sad when you find out that they could have saved Marianne. Um, but you know, it's still very sad that it felt like Marianne had to die for no reason, but you also were under the impression that she was going to kill herself. So, you know, there's probably no saving her in that aspect because part of that we left out as well is that you do find out that Marianne had some type of prescription drug, but she would never take them because of just who she was. You find out that she was an engineering student who wanted to do art and her parents disapproved. And, you know, she was a very talented dancer and, uh, and all this stuff. And that she, you know, she had these pets that her parents killed off because she's supposed to be this type of person, have this type of pets and stuff like, you know, find out that her life has just been one, you know, crap show after another, you know, and it, once you, once you, I don't know about you guys, but once the story ended, a bunch of aha moments started clicking in my head when you watch that final story and you just go through what you played, the whole interaction with, because you, you know, you come to find out that Tessa knew those kids were Tom's. You find out that she knew the whole time. So her calling CPS, her having arguments with their mother, all make sense and all kind of start to click together. That you're just like, oh, my God, she knew. She did all this stuff on purpose. She's a horrible person. 
And then she kind of, you know, depending on what happens in the cemetery, you either let her redeem herself or not. But you don't know all this information before you talk to her in the cemetery uh, to whether, you you know, you let her redeem or whatever. But you kind of, you know, you kind of find out that she is kind of, you know, she's she knew what was going on and she sabotaged things. And depending on the choices you made, she leaves you a letter at the end of the game explaining how she, you know, she was a horrible person. She did this because of. You know, how she believed at the time, because she's very religious. She's in the Pelican. She's very pious. She's the pious Pelican. And so she, you know, she tends to think, um, you know, one of the one of the things that she said in the game was kind of um, enlightening. She basically said, when I was when I was younger and when I did this, I believed I followed in the word of Christ. And then she basically says, you know, I took the literal word of it rather than the meaning and intent behind it. And something you know, something along that sense. And I was like. That is growth on her character and, you know, somewhat feel a little bit better, but you also realize that she basically is the reason your family got torn apart in all intents and purposes. I mean, yeah, your mom and Tom had an affair, but, uh, Tessa was extremely devious and stuff like that in the background, you know, in what she did. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I would say devious. I would probably say more just towards the line of wounded, you know, hurting, you know, making bad, you know, making decisions and choices when you're in a, in a crap mood and you're angry and you're upset, probably right, not but, the best way to go. So you, I don't, I don't understand think she was the story. A, you yeah, understand I don't, the story that she knew the whole time, not until they were, not until like they were seven or eight or 10. She knew oh, long yeah. before then. She just got, she just, you know, was trying to tell her how to raise her kids and to send her kid to the, uh, re, the, 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 you know, I can't remember the term they use, but, you know, basically reform her child into thinking differently than the way he did. Yeah. Basically, basically beating him with the Bible till they make the decision that you're no longer, yeah, think pray you're, the, you're, pray yeah, the pray the gay away, you know, that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you know, so, and her mom didn't agree with that, you know, so, uh, more power to that, you know, let the child be the child. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, in my opinion, she felt like very vindictive because if she really wanted to, if she was wounded, it should have been like a more knee jerk reaction when she first found out, not five years later, I'm going to ruin this family's, you know, ruin this family's deal, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. She was kind of an odd character. I, I think, I don't know. I think the way you're looking at it is correct as well, but I think that's one of those things about the characters that are, you know, it's kind of the, the choices you made up to there. Cause you may have had a few different lines of dialogue than I did. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's there's a scene where you're in the graveyard, and, and if you don't pick the right option, she's not going to confess uh-huh. to some of the information. So you can really miss the complete confession story in the graveyard, So uh, you know where she doesn't tell you all that. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that one. But, you know, so, overall, I like the game, and, you know, uh, the last part of the game really drove it home for me. I really felt horrible about Marianne. Uh, she grew on me, even though you never meet her. I was just like, uh, I feel horrible for her and her children. And, you know, and, and that kind of brings the story together for me, the last part of it, and which it's supposed to, you know. And, uh, you know, and after that, after you'd make that decision, you think the game is over, but they got kind of like one of those six month later things. I'm going to probably let Patrick discuss the very, very end on the difference between the bond and, and what happens at the end. But I just want to kind of update within this spoiler, uh, six months later, uh, depending on what you decide to do, uh, either you're, you're selling the house or, uh, Allison is opting not to sell, but, 
for the update, Tom loses the election. Uh, he's basically, you know, uh, tarred and feathered in his own town. And then um, Tessa becomes, I believe she becomes a missionary. Uh, she moves on and does some of that stuff. And then um, Michael and Allison and Tyler's story kind of varies depending on what you do on the end. Now, for what we all did, I think we all had strong bonds. So uh, I'll let Patrick finish that out. Uh, and then, and that will be, you know, pretty much what's happened on, uh, tell, uh, you know, tell me why. Nick, Shane, you guys want to interject anything else before we basically go on to the two endings? <laughs> no, I will say this. This is, uh, this is one of those games you see on Game Pass you should try out. It really, uh, it really is because you see, I didn't really care for it for the overall. There was really interesting things. But, you know, this is definitely something I think everybody should give a check. That's one thing I really like about Game Pass. I didn't care for it, but I didn't waste my money either. I think this is a, I think it's a good game. I think it's a good story. And I think if you have Game Pass or even Game Pass for PC, because it is on PC as well on Game Pass, it's definitely one worth playing. And I think you'll get a good story out of it. And yeah, I think it's a good game. Yeah. You know, I got one last thing to enter on that. It's like a, it's like a, a, a show on Netflix that has like one season and you're like, I have nothing to do on Sunday or I don't have anything to do on Saturday or something. It's raining, it's snowing, whatever it might be. Cause it's not really that long of a playthrough. Uh, we had a busy week, so it kind of pushed it a little bit, but for most of us, we finished it in about a day and a half, if that. And, uh, and I think that's kind of the way to equate this game. You equate it to, you know what, this is like that one season of Netflix of some show. You're like, oh, that was pretty good. You know, I, did, I didn't mind that so much. Uh, and, and I think that's that's what this game is like. Like I said, when I first started playing, I was bored. And I looked at this game as it wasn't for me because it didn't tell a story that I could relate to. Um, you know, but in the end of the game, it won me over because of the ending stuff. And like I said, it, it made me feel it made me feel for the mom. And so that, that's games that can make me kind of feel and, and, and put myself in place of the characters is a good one. So basically, at the end of the game, depending on how you played the game, you will get the choice of one or two different types of endings. So the first ending is, you know, if your sibling bond was strong, which means that you guys sided together more than sided apart, you know, you would basically be end the game with a strong bond. And that's I think that's how we all ended the game. Uh, we all ended with a strong bond. You basically get the ending that Tyler returns to the house. So when it's six months later, you go into the house and you're cleaning out the house. So you're going in, you find the letters and all that kind of stuff in the house. Um, and you, you know, you talk to Allison on the phone and depending on also, you know, we didn't, we didn't really touch on this topic. You meet Michael in the game and, and if you kind of romance and get into the good with Michael, it kind of influences the end of the game as well. So in the end of the game, if you win with a strong bond, you, one of two things happen. If your bond is strong and you kind of made nice with Michael and you guys were, you know, on the friend level or, or more than friends, you know, you move in with Allison and Michael in Juno. But if your bond was strong, but you didn't really click or didn't get along with Michael, you became a ranger on Kodiak Island. So, you know, you're led to believe that you and Michael become more than friends in that type of an ending. The other ending split is if your sibling bond was weak. So every time you had a memory discrepancy between you and your brother or, or you know, uh, or Tyler and Allison, if you sided differently than the other twin – it would make the bond weaker. And also certain conversations would weaken the bond when you, you didn't answer the way they expected. So their bond would end weak. What I should mention is with a strong bond, you both keep your voice. So you, you know, you can hear each other talking in their heads. So 
if you're strong bond, you keep the bond, the voice. If you end it with a weak one, Allison basically opts not to sell the house and moves into your mom's house by herself. Uh, And Tyler, depending on your interactions with Michael, so friend or not friend, you move in, you move to Juno with Michael, or you become uh, a a ranger on Cody. You move, you move alone to Kodiak Island. You know, and then if you have the weak bond, they don't retain their voice, so they no longer communicate to each other uh, telepathically, is the way it seems. Uh, their communication seems to be telepathic because they can talk to each other from very far distances apart. Like in one of the scenes, she's in Juno, and you're in uh, you're in the, the 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 town that you were both raised in, so they can talk really far apart, and it's basically like they're together talking to each other uh, side by side. You know, so. So one of two different options there to pick for the ending. You know, I think we all ended with a strong bond, so we all sided with our yeah. sibling more often than not, made them feel welcome. <laughs> so so we're not the jerks that we sound like we are usually. So <laughs> <laughs> so overall, I enjoyed the game. Uh, I if it was it, the reason I played it was because it was on Game Pass. I would not have bought a game like this usually. Maybe I would if it was on sale because I did buy. The Life is Strange before it was on Game Pass, and I bought it as a complete thing for like 20 bucks, so I got all the episodes in one. So I probably would have done the same thing with this one if it would have came out eventually down the road. I may have spent the $20 to get it as a combined, but it's usually not a full-price game for me. I I really I really was surprised because in the beginning I didn't think I was going to like it. Uh, story wasn't relatable to me, and then the story was really slow. So, But overall, in the end, the game won me over, and I think it's a definite playthrough for anybody uh, that's got Game Pass, or if anybody is really just a huge fan of these games. So overall theme of the game, I felt that the game told you that, you know, your memories are fallible. You can't always rely on what you remember because your memories are biased. Your memories are biased based on your, we used to have a term in humanities. Uh, my humanities teachers used to say it was your BOGO. It's the thing, the, the light filter that goes over the light to make how the light disperses. The more dings and dents, the different the light disperses. So the more damaged your gobo is in life, the more it changes your outlook on life. So that's what this game reminds me of. Tyler was bitter because he thought his mom didn't like him because he was uh, he he wanted to be a, a boy and 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 he thought that she wanted him to to be a girl. You know, so it was his distorted view of that that tainted his outlook. You know, for me, great game. I played through it. I won't play through it again because there's no reason unless I really just want to get the to do the siblings bond uh, weak bond <laughs> achievement because I got all the other achievements in there but the two that are related to that one. Anybody else got anything else they want to add? If you like the CW, you'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think it's a great game. Yeah, I think Don't Nod, they do pretty good story-driven games. And they usually, you know, most of their games do try to tell some sort of, uh, try to give some sort of, you know, purpose behind the story. Like, uh, for example, this one at the end, at the very end, when the credit before the credits roll, it talks about suicide, and it talks and it gives a suicide information uh, hotline number and websites that you can go to if you're thinking of suicide and things like that. So, you know, all of Don't Not Start stories typically kind of point to some sort of real life situation or uh, real life uh, consequence of, of of people's lives and kind of, you know, every story kind of revolves around this. And this one seemed to revolve around suicide as in the mother. And, you know, they give that information at the end. So that's really cool. So, yeah, it's it's a really good game. Definitely check it out. 
Yeah, that that uh, that definitely was a big thing for me. Uh, just to just to let our listeners know that uh, National Suicide Prevention Hotline or, or Lifeline is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. I think any one of the four of us. Uh, if you uh, follow our website, if you follow our posts, uh, if you need somebody to talk to in a time like that, uh, we're definitely please reach out. Um, this is this is no joke. This affects. Uh, millions upon millions of, of people across the world, and and that was one thing definitely to pull out of that game that was wonderful. And and uh, uh, last little word for me is is I did enjoy it. Uh, definitely, definitely might try a game a game like this again. I, I didn't think I would, but I, I just might do that again. So it, it was pretty good stuff. All right, sounds like we all kind of came away with it with a different perspective, but for the most part, we all liked it. You know, Shane's the grumpy old man. He's not going to like that stuff sometimes. To get Shane's approval in, in the story is a pretty good thing. You know, he's not normally this type. But this game's not his forte. But if you get a, a good approval to play on Game Pass for him, that's pretty good for this one. So, um, yeah, we'll just I'll just reiterate the same thing that Russ said. You know, suicide's not the answer. Always feel free to reach out to anybody. You should always reach out when you feel that way. We thank you guys for joining us in this episode. Uh, we look forward to having you guys tag along for the next episode. We'll catch you all later.